Is it some devil that crawls inside of you? We're back. Hello, Matt Brain Podcast listeners. Hello, Matt Brain Podcast listeners. How you guys doing? I think they're, they better be doing fan-fucking-tastic. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty damn well. For I'm those, doing pretty damn yeah. well. How cool. about you? Uh, often, I've been better, but life goes on, and here I am. Yeah. 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 Were How? you better before we rolled just now? Um, I was not better before we rolled. I'm be- I was better after, though. That was yes. a great roll. It, it's always, like I said before we started, it's always great to remember, you know, every now and then, you ain't shit. That's right. That's right. Give yourself a little bit of map brain. Remind <laughs> yeah. yourself how humble we should be and uh, keep moving forward. Yeah. I think I was taking it too easy on myself coming to, like, class and open mats and just kind of, like, dicking around because it was not easy today. That was not easy for me. No. I don't know about you. I kicked you in the head and said sorry. Uh, hopefully, you didn't see right through that. But uh. <laughs> yeah, I saw right through it. I saw right through it. No, it was good, man. That was a tough match. That was good. You're doing great. <clears throat> I hope so. You're, you're just too nice sometimes. Yeah, uh, I've always been an issue of mine. Believe it or not, uh, when it comes to rolling, yeah. um, constantly like just not turning the aggression on or not turning like the. I don't even know what to call it. Yep. Sometimes I, I I had a hard time pulling that trigger of like I just fucking fuck someone up right now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're just really you're just really aware. You're uh, you're you're just kind of feeling it out, figuring out what's going on, and having fun in the movement. I don't mm-hmm. think you mm-hmm. have the objective to just go out there and get a submission every single time. I think you're doing it for the learning aspect too. You're learning through the movements and the roles, and you're having fun with the person you're training with. I think it means more than just the simple tap. Hmm. It does, um, but I will tell you if I don't get a tap during during class or something, even just one, even just like a little one, even if I get tapped yep. 10, 90 times, yep. I get one. I'm a little like, damn it, why didn't I? Why didn't I crank on someone's neck? That's why didn't I? Why didn't I wrist locks the white belt? Yeah, what the hell? Well, you know what they <laughs> say, man. The mission is submission. So, <clears throat> you know what I used to do uh, before class down south. Um, I'd pull up a few minutes early and I'd sit there on Instagram in my truck and I'd watch nature videos of like animals killing each other. You ever, you ever see that page nature is metal on no. Instagram? No, but Dude, I'm gonna look you're going to fucking love this page. Nature's it's, metal. All nature right, I'm is on metal. It. I'm on it's it. just, it's just these predators just going after like wildebeest and zebras and birds and you know, just like the brutality, the true brutality of nature, the shit that like vegans pretend doesn't fucking exist, uh-huh. and, then, and then get upset at you because you had a burger. Hilarious, yeah. Na- dude. There it is. Nature is metal, dude. I used to just sit there and Whoa. watch these fucking videos of just like birds pecking eyeballs out of out of kittens or whatever the fuck is on there. Not kittens, no domestic animals on there, but just crazy shit. Yeah, and, it, it, and there's something <clears throat> about it, like when you see that shit, at first it's like, oh jeez, you know, you, you kind of want to look away, you know, some people are a little more squeamish than others. I know I've, I've been way more squeamish in the past than I have been lately. Yeah, well, you know, and, I think that to, just looking at this, sorry to cut you off, dude, fine. but um, the world 
is leaning towards the direction of turning a blind eye towards this type of stuff. They'd rather not understand the value of a sacrifice, simply put. Um, it's easy to turn your eyes away from, you know, like, for example, there's a jaguar eating a crocodile. Mm -hmm. That People that's could crazy. easily slip through that, right? That's crazy. But that's crazy. Look at it. That's, if that's you real told, stuff. If you would have told me when I was in high school, you know jaguars fuck crocodiles up, I would have been like, when are they even in the same? Yeah. When are they right. even in the same club? What are you talking about? Yeah. Are they fucking each other up? Oh, but, but yeah, just something about watching those yep. videos would just like kick that like shark brain on in the background. I was like, yeah, go get some. And like, I just like do my push ups and, you know, a little harder during mm -hmm. warm ups. And like, I just get a little like more fun, a little yeah. more like wild with it, a little more crazy. If I play a video right now on my phone, is it going to sound like garbage through the mics? Um, or will they, on, will on your they Android phone? Yeah, absolutely. That piece of shit, probably. What's wrong with the Android? I don't know. You're the one who got it. What's wrong with you? Everything. Fucking A. Everything. <laughs> it, it, it should be fine. It should be fine. Um, dude, I hit a coyote this morning. With your fist? Or? No, with my truck. Nice. Good yeah, for you. No, uh, no poor what? little guy. I didn't even know. I was I was coming into the school to teach a class early this morning. It's dark out. And I live out on a uh, on a private road. out. Um, That's on, all you need to say. Santa Inez, yeah. A lot of ranches out there, mm -hmm. and I'm cruising. I come around a corner, and just in my peripheral, the last second, I see something, and then all of a sudden, th -thump -thump. oh, <laughs> and I kept driving. I was like, I'm not going to go back and look. I'll see you when I come home. You know, I'll be back oh, in an hour. I, if if I'm not driving down the freeway, yeah, I'll stop to make sure it's dead. I've hit uh, what do you call it? Um, a a I hit a raccoon. Okay, uh, going to work one day, one night. Yep, and. I could see that I like clipped it and it was like rolling around oh. in agony and I just like threw it in reverse. That's good. Just, That's you know, nice of you. Like be humane. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was like four, five years old. I'm watching this movie called A Long Kiss Goodnight with Gina Davis, Samuel L. Jackson. My dad sitting there watching the movie with me. She, Gina Davis is in the snow in this fucking car, this like station wagon, hits a deer and like hits her head and like gets out and she has like amnesia previous to this and like whatever the car accident did like got her killer instincts back and the deer is sitting there like writhing she goes up to it grabs the rack and just and she fucking snaps the deer's neck and my dad's like see if that ever happens you have to go there to the animal and you have to fucking put it out of its misery so it doesn't suffer and i was like oh, all right dad i'm six yeah. you know like yeah I, can't, I have I have like ten stories watching fucking movies like that, little 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 earlier than I should have. And my dad saying like, "You got to do this." Yep. So all my manhood educations from like corny action movies. Well, so now that I feel I'm, now that I feel horrible for not stopping and going back to see if I needed to, you know, put it out of its misery. Mm -hmm. it, hindsight, yeah. when I got back home, I realized I didn't need to do that because. The job was done. Mm -hmm. um, poor little coyote. I feel so bad. Before I lose topic, there's a story I want to tell you about an old friend. I'm going to leave names out of the story, but uh, it's in regards to he was raised in South Central LA, mm -hmm. and his dad thought it would be a good life lesson to buy chickens yeah. and raise those chickens yeah. for slaughter without telling my friend. Oh. So when the chickens were old enough, the time came. <laughs> the story continues. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> But hold on, I want to show a video real quick. Maybe you've seen it. Um, it's a motivational video on YouTube from Jocko. And Is it it's good? called The Taste of Blood. Taste of Blood? Ooh. 
Nice. Yeah, I hope the guys, I hope the listeners can hear it when it plays and it doesn't sound too crappy considering it's an Android. <laughs> Just uh, put the speaker near the front of the mic. It should be fine. Okay. And if not, we just know next time not to let uh, Jason use technology. That's right. On record. That's right. <clears throat> I'm going to let you watch the video, though, because the video is right up your alley. If this is the type of stuff that you like to get motivated with. Oh, darn it. Hold on. Oh, the, it's on the Bluetooth, so they're hearing it out there. That'd be hilarious if <laughs> just played throughout the gym. Skipping ads. Skipping ads. When I haven't tasted I don't I don't notice I'm not sitting there thinking about it and then all of a sudden something will happen some situation will unfold and I'll I'll go into like war mode and I, I just feel so good it, it makes me just look around and I just think you know I wasn't really supposed to be doing anything else because it, it makes me feel so good to, to, to be in that mode, to feel that focus. When I have somebody or some entity that is antagonistic to me, my family, my friends, my team, I feel something that is the best feeling. Whether it was the enemy, whether it was part of some organization, some person that had some, did, did something, you know, if there's a betrayal someone betrays me and they want to go to war that's when I love the taste of blood let's put our geese back on and go roll dude I want dude that made me I was like I can't believe we're podcasting now I want to go strangle you yeah that got that got me immediately I was sitting there and like I just got like tunnel vision watching that video for a second. Yeah. God, I, I, I watched that, that one a lot when I, I love when I go to train. that shit, dude. But that's exactly what I'm talking about. Also, before we go back, the reason I was like, yeah, fuck that coyote is it, they're going to be fine. Do you, you want to know a really cool fact about coyotes? There's a, there's an abundance of them and they kill my cats. Well, so, the, yeah, exactly. Fuck them. Um, I like my cat more than I like a random coyote. But no, not necessarily. Not just that. First of all, there's coyotes in every city in America, period. Yep. It's crazy. I can see that. Also, when they do like a roll call, like the clan of fucking coyotes, and they don't hear all the coyotes respond in kind. Right. It sends a fucking signal and DNA, like a, a message to the female coyotes to produce more coyotes in their litter so they multiply upon losing like a fucking me seeks from rick and morty or whatever the fuck or uh what i need yeah, like yeah. a better uh comparison. so like that reminds me of like the video game where you shoot the one thing and then it turns into three yeah it's like and a then you shoot that one exactly, and exactly. three more until there's none exactly left. exactly so you just made coyotes by killing it i don't know how i feel about that yeah I've lost a couple cats to the coyotes, and so... Well, that's why... And it's fun. It's like you get these, like, uh, disposable stormtroopers of little, you know, prairie do- prairie yeah, wolves, yeah. and you just get to murk a couple of them, and then you're like, I know there's going to be more. Yeah. I feel a little bit better about my cat, goddamn, and I got a new rug. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, yeah. Well, 
Needless to say, the coyote was uh, the coyote was in my way on my way into jujitsu. Ran out in front of me. I apologize to any of the listeners that are sensitive to that. I will. Uh, I'll do something about it. I'll donate to the. I created more. I created more. Yeah. You, what else that's can what I do? I'm saying. Is you. That's, if anything. Yeah. Thanks, how Dallas. dare you thanks, kill Dallas. that coyote? There's more Man, of them. Now. See, you always make me feel better about situations. Yeah. Regardless yeah. of the situation, you make me feel better about it. That's why. I yeah, yeah. That, I like that. That's what where I, I try to go. Nothing wrong with being the antihero once in a while. No, those movies are great. Dude, Deadpool's a fucking stud. Exactly. I I legit want to buy like a Hollywood prop style Deadpool costume. I'm gonna leave it at that. All right, do it. Isn't it fun though? I want oh, to, dude. The, his guns, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds does such a great job with that. If that, those movies didn't come out, it. I think Ryan Reynolds made that place. character though. Like, he had, had anybody else played Deadpool, played the role of Deadpool in those movies, it just wouldn't have been the same. He campaigned for it so hard, like it, it was definitely like one of those uh, passion projects for sure. Too, so for sure, yeah, and it, you can tell it really comes through in the uh, finished product. Yeah, but um, stud, stud. So yeah. well, let's. Uh, I think the last time we left off, I we sent I sent you a text and said for the next podcast, let's give some content to the listeners and give them some background on the two of us. Yeah, and let's do it through asking each other a series of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and neither of us had time or the efficiency to write these questions down, or I guess the not discipline to write these yeah, questions not at down. All. Um, <laughs> so sorry, we're gonna wing it. Yeah, sorry guys. <laughs> discipline equals freedom. Oops. Um, but before I do that, I just I brought this book out because I wanted to drop this book real quick and give a shout out to our, our friends Karen and Matt Page out in Australia. Um, Karen has written a book, written a book called My Broken Soldier, and it's a story of her and her family and Matt coming home from the war in Iraq. And um, I just hold this family near and dear to my heart for so many different reasons. And I wanted to just give them the shout out and tell all the listeners out there, if you haven't ever heard of this book called My Broken Soldier, please go online and check it out. Um, It's an amazing book and it gives a lot of insight to the life that people live um, after their spouses and significant others return home from war. There's a lot of unspoken stuff that doesn't get talked about in the public side, Mm. at home even, and I think that we should be doing a better job shining light in those areas. And that's exactly what Karen is doing. Her mission is to expand that horizon and bring more knowledge and insight to the public's eye when it comes to returning home and what the lifestyle entails for not only the soldier, but the family in, uh, in that household. <clears throat> yeah, um, that's a terrific thing to have highlighted. Thank you for bringing it on. Thank you for showing it. For sure, absolutely. Oh. Make a, I'll get a picture of it too for the post when cool. this comes out too. Sweet. So it's Sweet. something a little and visual yeah. for people to. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you this book and I'm going to ask you to go home and read it. I would love to. And uh, and then we'll talk about it. It's it's an amazing book. Amazing family. We love them. Yeah. And, you know, Australians, uh, ACDC is Australian. So can't go wrong there. The Rona Rats originated in Australia. Bad That's ass. where it started. All so right. we're the second chapter. That's beautiful. Rona Rats, San Inez Valley. Oof. They got some tough go of it with their government right now they do in because of corona they do but I, we won't talk about that no, we'll talk about no. all the other positive we'll talk things about some positive life. things yeah that'll just yeah I'll, I'll talk about watching animals kill each other that'll get Whoa. me all, all freaking narrow-eyed shark-brained yeah <sighs> well it's interesting being a male isn't it in the sense that like 
we can pick up on another man's testosterone and his cues and like mm -hmm. what his messages mm -hmm. are without even him speaking. <laughs> like if somebody looks at you with this look, you can feel it. And you're just like, you're a lion and I'm a lion and you're asking for trouble. Like I wasn't really supposed to be doing anything else right now. Mm. Like Jocko says, you mm -hmm. know, and anybody that's antagonistic to me and my family, it's when I love the taste of blood. That's what a lot of people don't understand. Like that's what guys are just like walking around dreaming about. It's like, just poke the fucking bear. Just, just make my day. Just wake me up. You know what poke I mean? It. Just give me a chance. Yeah. But then maturity kicks in and the reality sets in and I wouldn't do that because right. I'm too much of a freaking adult, yeah. you know, but I think you just get yeah. low. You, you, my point to that was, is that it's interesting being a man and being able to pick up on those cues, you know, and, and when I don't think many women pick up on that. Like a, if a woman is standing between two men and there's an alpha uh, battle going on between the two of them with just their eyes, mm -hmm. like they may not pick up on it, but the two of them are just staring at each other, eating each other up. And so like, it's crazy. Did something happen to you recently that you no, want to talk about? No, and nothing or? that I'm going to talk about on the <laughs> podcast for sure. Oh my god. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, no. Just I get it. I don't do you. that, man. Don't do you, that. Dude. I hear you. I got in a stupid altercation or near altercation at the bar a couple of weeks ago. Uh oh. I was perfectly sober too. He was not. He was not. I had. Nah, I don't need to get into it. It's okay. going to sound like a douchebag. Okay. It's not going to make me sound good. Okay. No one ended up getting hurt. Okay. And I left the situation. Good. And I removed myself. I was literally just shooting pool. Yep. Drinking Roy Rogers. I remember the bartender laughed at me. Okay. I, I get laughed at every time I order a drink because I've cut dr like drinking back like by a lot uh -huh. when I'm out. You okay. know, when I'm at home, it's, you know, uh, open bar. <laughs> All tops off. Yeah, exactly. But when I go out, it's... I. I I've dialed it back a lot, but yeah, I was, I was sober. He was not, I had had an altercation with this person before. Didn't go well from him last time. He used to be a friend of mine mm -hmm. uh, and he started poking the bear. And I think it was because I wasn't drunk is why I was so quick to like, motherfucker, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I know yeah. it's like, yeah. oh, like I'm an asshole when I'm sober. <laughs> like that's when I'm edgy, man. You can't do that. So. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll put it this way. I think that, like, we all have that bone, right? As a, as a man, we all have that bone. Like, we all have that that edge to us. We have testosterone running through our bodies, right? God we bless. And so when you find jujitsu, jujitsu, everyone says jujitsu is going to make every single person that tries it a better person. But mm -hmm. I think the reality of that is if you're genuinely a douchebag and you find jujitsu, you're just going to be a bigger douchebag. There's that potential. Right. If you're yep. a super nice guy and you find jujitsu, there's the potential for you to be an amazing guy. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it can highlight what what you're already doing um, in your life. And so, like, that's not to say that every douchebag that comes into a jujitsu club is going to continue to be a bigger douchebag as they walk out the door. Some people get better in life and they get humbled, yep. you know, so they find that clarity in their life and they become better people. But with that being said, you're one of the individuals, I think kind of like myself, where jujitsu kind of reeled us back and showed us how adult we are and how mature we really are and what our goals are in life, you know? And so my goal is not to go out to a bar in general at all. 
Mm. My other goal is to not go to a bar and have to fight some dude for being stupid and drunk. Yeah. You know, that's not what I'm about. But every so often, because I put that away so much, because I'm so humbled every single day, and because all these times that I'm yeah. suppressing it, it's almost like you're suppressing it. Mm -hmm. You're suppressing it, you're suppressing it. Eventually the bottle's gonna pop. Something big's gonna happen, and the bottle, there's the potential for it to poof. So I think what happened with you is you've been so humbled and so like um, structured in your day-to-day -day disciplines and you're just so chill and everything's good. There's still things internally that are building up, whether it's the stress from what's going on mm -hmm. in the world, whether it's the stress mm -hmm. from work, whether it's the stress from that, you know, something's gonna happen and you weren't really supposed to be doing anything else. <laughs> and that's why jujitsu is such a pleasure because it's like pouring a little bit off the top of the bottle. Yeah. You just get a little bit out and you can put the cap back on the it's not bubbling over. And that's why it's so bad when you stop coming or you stop training or you stop doing something that physically disciplines you that uh gets that aggression out mm -hmm. in like a therapeutic way, in a structured way. Yep. It's so great. I heard Orlando Sanchez the other day um You're his biggest fan. I dude. am, man. I use a lot of Orlando stuff. I just I think that uh He's he's popping up on on my feet a lot, you know, and I think that there's some things that Orlando, Orlando, Land. yeah, Orlando, That's Orlando, awesome. Orlando. I need and to check him out now. It, when he says stuff, I'm like, I listen. I, li I like what he has to say. There's like Orlando's uh, a character, and I I, I I I genuinely like the guy. You know, I think he's got a big heart deep down, but um, and on, on and on the front, you know, but he said jujitsu is not therapy, and I was like. Ooh, ooh, say that again. Yeah. Say that again, Orlando. Uh -oh. And he did. He was like, Jiu is not fucking therapy. Like hardcore, Orlando. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I gotta I gotta let what get let's get to your point. And he says, Jiu-Jitsu is like therapy. What it offers is is it offers some some types of healing. But therapy is seeking professional help. Right. And so like I get the difference between the two. Um, when you come to jujitsu, jujitsu, you feel better about about yourself because you're pushing yourself through a very hard situation, right? Uncomfortable mo uh, movements, mm -hmm. positions. Somebody's on top of you, putting you in a, a choke from here. You're trying to escape, and just different things are happening. So it forces you to work through very difficult times and difficult um, moments, and that can't not translate into your day to day life. When you find a way to work through and escape from um, somebody's back control. That's kind of like figuring out how to uh, work through your day at work, yep. like how to time manage and get through a really difficult day when your boss is breathing down your neck. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not therapy. Therapy is seeking out professional professional help. And I, and I, now here's the severity to that: is that some people genuinely need professional help. Some people genuinely need therapy, like psychiatrist, and to talk to somebody. And jujitsu can help, but it's not therapy. It's not talk so, therapy. It's not getting to the root of your personal right, issues. Right. But it is and therapeutic. And that was his point. It is therapeutic. That's the difference. It's yeah. therapeutic. It's not therapy. Agreed. So I think there's a, a lot to that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of truth to that. For another conversation. but You had questions? I have questions, man. Don't oh, You have questions? Fuck no. Good. <laughs> yeah, I have questions. Good. I'll come up with some off the... Off the fly? Yeah. All right, man. Dallas, how old are you? Uh, I'm 26 years old. I was born in 19... The year of our Lord, 1995. Um, same year Pulp Fiction came out, I think. Mm. 
I think it was 94, actually. Okay. Something cool happened in 95. Pulp Fiction came out. <sighs> that might have been 94, though. Yeah. I'm already off to a bad start. Yeah, fact checks are a big thing. Don't check that. We don't fact check here. How Matt Brain's not for fact checking. <laughs> that we, isn't. No. We do not have that employee yet. Um, how old are you, Jason? 36. 36? 36 years old. So 85. 85. 85, 1985. 95. Wow. Yep. 1985. That, that's when cro first album came out. Dude, I don't even know who that is. Really? I feel like I'm going to get slapped in the face right now. Okay, okay. Cro-Mags are um, one of the original like hardcore punk bands from New York City. Okay. And their founder and bassist and current vocalist and bassist is a black belt professor at Henzo's in New York. Sick. Yeah. Nice. I'm okay. going to check him out. Yeah. He was good friends with uh, Anthony Bourdain. Okay. Through jujitsu. And I think Anthony Bourdain is a bit uh, enjoyed punk. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I actually, there's a couple of things I've seen on Anthony Bourdain where he's listening to some punk in the background. Yeah. Like he's driving down the road or something like that, and mm-hmm. there's punk and mm-hmm. playing in the background. Yeah, he's got CBGBs and some of the punk, uh, I think the 930 Club? 930 Club might be in D.C., but I don't know. He, he's, that's one of the reasons I really enjoyed Anthony Bourdain. I was like, all right, this guy's cool. He's, you know, likes his punk rock and ended up getting into jujitsu and i found him through rogan's podcast years ago and i was like damn i fucking love this guy this is awesome i think one of the first things i had heard about him was he does no phones at the dinner table like phone is off gone out of the room and i was like who does anthony bourdain and i was like oh it's that chef guy i think and i remember uh, the this pro skateboarder i really enjoy was obsessed with anthony bourdain and he would post about it on his like facebook and stuff and i'd be like weird i never thought you'd be into a chef like that yeah and i don't cook or anything but i ended up going down this rabbit hole years ago and became obsessed with anthony bourdain and man it's been a eight nineteen eighty five. it's interesting how anthony bourdain went from being like a chef to a celebrity to an influencer Right. And yeah. so like, I think Anthony de Bourdain still has a lot of influence, you know, um, speaking of, I want to go watch, I'm going to go watch some Anthony Bourdain stuff tonight. Yeah. Um, if you have HBO now, they have this great documentary. I think it's called Roadrunner. Um, mm-hmm. that his assistant was in charge of sweet, uh, making, she was just on Rogan's podcast as well. Yep. Um, I know big shocker. One of us listens to Rogan's podcast, a couple of jujitsu guys. <laughs> Only one of us. You don't listen to Rogan? I listen to him as, as much as I can. I don't. I can't. I cannot keep up. I, I listen know. to so many podcasts now, and I listen to audiobooks now. And uh, something, if I'm not watching videos of animals killing each other, I have to put on some music now. And I, I didn't listen to music for years. I feel like, like earnestly, yep. don't really listen to it. Just like completely replaced by podcasts and audiobooks and shit. That's so. that's a similar story for a lot of people. I think I've had I've heard that from a lot of people where it's like I don't even listen to music anymore. Mm. It used to be Pandora, mm. you know, and then I just now I just podcast. Yeah. So it trips me out that you play music during class. Yeah, I think it's just background music. Like everybody's talking anyway. So if I put on a podcast, I'm going to miss everything in the podcast. It's just going to be more people of course. talking. I'm just saying, like even like. Dirt, like during a class oh yeah, and yeah there's yeah. music and i'm like that's weird there's when music. there's no music it's so awkward dude I, it, it's, it's, it's it's weird i love it yeah. that's when it's like that's when like the real like primal like i'm uncomfortable and i have to do something about it you just hearing all of the grunts and groans and slips and farts and sharts it's great yeah yeah <laughs> I, I love when it's quiet i don't i don't mind the silence yeah 
it's a uh, maddening. Yeah. Well, um, all right. So you're 26 years old growing up. What kind of athletics did you do? Did you do any club sports or anything Absolutely like that? Absolutely not. Okay. Everyone in my family played sports except me. Okay. Uh, my brother was minor league for the Indians. My, I have another brother got a scholarship for, for swimming to, uh, UM, uh, UM, uh, university of Massachusetts Amherst. And then, uh, my sister was an all-star softball player and I had another brother who played baseball and my dad went to college for baseball. My mo- uh, mother was a gymnast and I like just skateboarding. Nice. Like that's what I did was I started skateboarding at a young age and that's right. the, was the only athletics I did forever until I started jujitsu and I, both of those two things combined trump anything else. I think they do. For There's sure. so much individuality sure. and so much freedom, freedom of expression. And it's so funny. Like, Skateboarding will help my jujitsu, but nothing will help my skateboarding. <laughs> Fucking still suck. It's been like 17 years garbage at it. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, the coaches uh, in high school were always trying to get me to like join the wrestling team or football. And I was like, right. oh, no way, you know, because I went to the same high school my parents did. So they're like, oh, you're you're so-and-so's kid. Come on. And I'm like, fuck, <laughs> yep. leave me alone. And I, at this point, I really wish I had... Um, done wrestling because comes in handy turns out right <laughs> jujitsu yeah right on that's cool so you come from a you come from a uh, you come from a good family sounds like yeah i think so right on you know? right on are they happy that you're uh still skating and doing jujitsu full-time yeah pretty much? yeah pretty much uh you might you know i used to go skateboarding with my dad he'd have a skateboard and we'd just nice. go to skate parks okay. and like he'd he, you know just just ride with me and it was super cool to like that was like my introduction to people cool. outside of like my neighborhood was like oh that's the guy who skates with his dad and it wasn't like how you see some kids where their parents are there and they're like mr fucking what do you call it like chaperone yeah yeah because uh, my dad you know he's a he was a wild guy. He's part. He's, he's a part wild of the guy. crew. He's yeah, skating exactly. Just like you guys. He's, skating. he's leading the pack. He, exactly. And so it was just like it gave me a lot of uh, confidence, whereas I probably wouldn't have. Yep. So I was really fortunate to have have him do that with me. Yeah, it sounds like it. And he's so stoked on me doing jujitsu, and he's always asking, like, "So when you when are you competing? Like, I want to go. You know? Yeah. And he's all cool. into it because you know he he has a rest of the sons that were into sports and everything so mm-hmm. there's like you know certain ways where you get to be that supportive parent yeah. and he's like i can't skate anymore i have a hip replacement but i can cheer you on at a jiu-jitsu sure. competition for sure dude i'd tell you right now make that happen yeah absolutely. make that happen i wrestled with him like not six months ago and i could not fucking keep up with him and I was really jeez like, dude 56 years old fucking i mean i'm not surprised russell's been tearing me a new one on the mats out there <laughs> fucking crazy He's catch wrestling is no joke no I, joke. it it opened my mind so much like i knew what catch wrestling was i you know kind of started in submission grappling is you know very similar like mentality i'm like yeah of course fucking cast randy couture <sighs> man yeah. just opened my mind up too it was really cool yeah for Big sure for sure yeah. 2018, going back to that really quick, you said yeah. something about having your dad maybe go out and cheer you on for a competition, and yeah. I was like, make that happen. Uh, 2018 World Championship in Anaheim Convention Center, I had yeah. my dad come to that tournament. 
and he drove out from Arizona and I'll never forget it. That was one of the most amazing moments of my life, having him there at a sporting event, you know, and it was like, cry right now. Yeah, I know me too. But it was really cool having him there just cheering on, you know, I think I've talked about this in the podcast. He's, when we went to Arizona and he was cheering for me when mm-hmm. I was trying to out a new class yeah. at a new school, yeah. he's like, choke him. <laughs> Fuck, you're going to get me a kill, dude. Stop it. But like at the tournament, that's where you get to cheer, man. That's yeah. when you get to cheer and say whatever you want and just cheer <sighs> so at the top of your lungs. And cool. you hear from the audience, you know, when you're out yeah. there competing, it just fills you up. And it's, mm. you want to do well to, to, to show your dad that, you know, he raised a good, a good man. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. um, this last tournament this past weekend, coach David Acosta, was competing with us as well and congratulations to coach david he's an amazing athlete he took first place he killed both of his matches did phenomenal and uh both tournaments that i've been to with coach david his dad's been there both times really yeah and his dad was so happy the first tournament when david took second place and cheering and like you know highlighting his son this is my son this is my boy and then like this last tournament you know he receives me and he comes up to me and gives me a hug and he's big grin on his Mm. face ear to ear smiling he's like oh it's asking me about the tournament and when he's going to go compete and when his next match is and did he win and i'm like yeah he won he's jumping up and down and Finally, he goes, did he win? He, was like, he won first place. Oh he almost God, started crying, and jumping up and down. I was like, dude, no that's way. that's so cool. And yeah. I think that like from a, from a father's stance, me being a father with my son, um, whatever it is he decides he wants to do in his life, mm-hmm. I hope that I get to be there to witness him do something great. Yeah. And I think that stepping up to either do a Brazilian jiu-jitsu competition or a skate contest mm-hmm. or a gymnast um routine yeah. or whatever it is yeah being there as a father to watch your child do that at least once is amazing um i'm going to keep talking on that please do. again to this tournament this we went yeah. to this past weekend it was the uh, jiu-jitsu world league california three mm-hmm. and it's the last one they're going to do this year um out in fullerton but we brought uh some of the families with us and some of the children that we have competing for the school and training with us I won't get into names, but the father was so um, grateful for the experience. Seeing his kids get out there and Mm -hmm. step up and compete and just the courage. It didn't matter if they won or lost. It was the courage courage to step out there and do it. And like he was getting teared up and I was getting teared up and it was just it was so cool to see there and like to be able to be in a position where you can teach these kids an art where they get to then go out and test themselves and grow from that experience while their families are sitting on the sidelines cheering them on and watching is is something else and so congratulations to all the you know youth students that we had compete this past weekend all the adult students that competed this past weekend everybody did amazing it was an amazing time um and I'm grateful that the families got to be there to witness it. Got some nice hardware out of it, too. Yeah, we picked up a trophy. Gracie Baja ended up taking second place as a team overall. And so uh, we were there to pick up that trophy for that. Uh, picked up silver medal uh, myself. And didn't fare so well in the tournament. Although, you know, from that experience, I gained a lot of knowledge and I'm happy with my performance. Just either, made some simple you either mistakes. You win or you learn. You win or you, you learn. either win or you're pissed off. <laughs> Do you know what it's like to win against somebody and then have them be so pissed off about it that it just takes your victory away? Uh, takes that feeling away? No, I don't think I've ever won anything in my life, no. <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> That's not true. I won some, power, I won some powerlifting competitions. You've submitted me before. 
Clearly, yeah. you've submitted me before. You've oh, you've, you've been, caught me. You, mm, I can only catch you with one genre of things so <laughs> you okay so you chipped my tooth one day and when you chipped my tooth i got off the mat like a like a psychopath and i was like fuck and i ran up to the back room and i was like my wife was back there and i was like dallas chipped my fucking tooth <laughs> <laughs> so you could have easily been like yeah i chipped his tooth <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus. But I took that away from you by instantly getting upset about it. Oh, dude. I still live with it, and I love it. I'm like, cool. It I, always reminds me. I, I, immediately, I was like, I fucked up. that that Because there's nothing worse than... I was a white belt at the time. There's, It's not fun. But that's the like the guy who tore my knee. White belt. You know? This is yeah, his first don't, week. Don't and then, do that. And then my knee went bent the wrong way. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm going to scream. You know, so yep. it, it was. I bet that hurt more than like your tooth getting chipped. My but, tooth didn't hurt at all. It was just the yeah, sheer fact it yeah, happened. And yeah, I was like, exactly. And I was like, mm, yeah, that's no fun. That's no good. It's you know, but now you can't even have be like, oh, dude, this big bad motherfucker chipped my tooth. And <laughs> came back. It was like, yeah, oh, old fathead white belt over there did it. So <laughs> nobody, nobody wants a, cho- a tooth chipped, you know. But like, had it been a submission, had it been a bow and arrow choke, I've actually had one student. I won't name the name. One student slam his hands down on a mat before after he got submitted, and like I was instantly like, "Yo, don't do that again. That's so that's so poor sportsmanship." Yeah. Like, he, oh, dude, I'm mad at myself. I was like. Why are you mad at yourself? I've, I've, you're I've learning. done shit like that. I've done you're, shit you're, like that. You've been training for a few months, man. You're going to yeah. make mistakes, and this is where you grow from these mm-hmm. experiences. Mm-hmm. But when you get upset and you slam your hands on the mat like a child, yeah. the other person feels shitty about that situation. Yeah, because you know? it's like, well, what, I'm now I'm the bad person for doing for, some, well yeah. at something I like right. or love. You know? Yeah, be, be grateful for those moments, man. They, they, they open your vulnerabilities up, or they yeah. exploit your vulnerabilities and make you better. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, I mean, everybody has their day. You, if you ever put me in a submission, I'm going to thank you for it, man. And I don't want to take that away from you. Ah, I think he just gives me submissions, guys. He's just trying to keep me uh, from leaving. <laughs> Is it working? Yeah, I'm still right. here. I'm doing a podcast with Sick. you. So please, by Job all means. done. Job done. All right, next question. Yeah. Why did you start podcasting? God, you know... I don't even remember what prompted it. Like, if you put a gun to my head, I don't think I could tell you what the original... You know what? That's not true. Put the gun down. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, my brother... I think I had spoken about it, about thinking it'd be really cool to do that, and... He, you hear your friends, you hear your peers and your family members talk about their dreams or like their goals or little potential things they could do. So, something that they're like back of their head, like, oh, that'd be cool if I did that. Right. And then, you know, years go by and then they never did anything about a hundred of those thoughts. And then they're still like a fucking loser. Mm-hmm. And they're still just kind of like not doing anything. And then like, oh, why didn't I start? last week i'd be i'd already be a week into it yeah why didn't i start last year i'd already be a year into it yeah why haven't i done this and um i think my brother recognized that and he bought me a microphone that i could uh, with an audio jack that i could plug right into my computer or phone and then just speak into it and have a podcast and i was like 
Well, that was the nicest fucking thing anyone could ever do. So I got so excited and so I just had a respect for him for having uh, bought me that and a gift, you know? Yeah. My brother doesn't give me anything. He's not like it. wasn't like a gift giving person, you know? Brother, you can have an interesting dynamic with brothers because it's like, I've lived with you my whole life. We haven't had a picture together in 25 years, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's, it's a interesting, uh, dynamic. And that was kind of like, a olive branch he extended. And I felt like I owed it to him and I owed it to myself to at least try and do something. And it ended up working. And a couple things happened in my life right around that time. Uh, my friend was killed. Uh, he was hit by a car skateboarding home and it made it like, Oh, like I have to, before it was like, what do I even talk about? Like, gee, skate shoes sure are dumb now or, you know, like, sure. you know, and then it, it kind of gave me some, uh, some content that I could express myself about and then, uh, maybe connect with people that knew this person. So it was really helpful, like a uh, platform nice. as far as like, Oh, people are going to listen. Cause they know him and they know me and now they're, they're going to know me or they're yep. going to understand that I am a person too. And it just, uh, kind of snowballed from there. And I spent all of my time listening to podcasts. I was, went through this, uh, breakup in 2015 and ended up like reevaluating my life and started listening to podcasts. And I was like, Oh geez. Um, I could be a way cooler, way better person. And these are people who are doing that. And one of them is Joe Rogan. And I was listening to the Brett, East, Brett Easton Ellis podcast. And just like, just, just these little things that were like, just helping me grow as a person by leaps and bounds in such a short amount of time. And I was a young man, still mm -hmm. am, but like I was even younger. So it was even more impressionable. And I was like, why don't I do a fucking podcast? That sounds great. Yeah. So, that's here we are. Yeah. And now here you are. Yeah. Here, yeah. Here we are. Exactly. Yeah. So, and it's, you know, it's, uh, connected me to more people. I think also originally it was an excuse to hang out with my friends. Cause I was like, God, we're always, we're like working now and we're always yeah. so busy. And it's like, I just want my friends to come over, fucking eat a pizza and, you know, smoke weed and watch some dumb shit or show them a fight and like, just talk. And those are some of my favorite podcasts, uh -huh. you know, I'd go like when I lived in Oceanside, I'd go deep into San Diego to my friend's house and we'd sit there, watch a movie or like watch dumb videos and eat pizza and get baked and fucking just kick it. And it was like, it, it didn't need to be appropriate. It didn't need to be professional. It yeah. didn't need to be this tailored overproduced podcast that, that is just, you know, another media entity like covering its bases on subsidiaries right it was just like no this is what i wanted this is exactly what i wanted now people can listen to like how funny we are because totally. to you no one's funnier than your friends right yeah and it was just like i want to i want to prove it that i have first of all that i have friends and that we're funny and maybe i can be funny once in a while too so just uh there's my answer in so many words that's cool man <laughs> i uh i was talking to to chuck and Chuck's been listening to the podcast and I can't wait for this one to get released so he can listen to this one. And I thought that there was something really valuable that he said is that, you know, he really enjoys the podcast because it's just like he's hanging out with us, you know, but he's, he's at work. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like he's working on the grind every day. And so I think the amazing thing about a podcast is that we all want to spend more time with our friends and we all want to be more up to date with our friends' lives and what's going on in their lives. And so what you've done is you've created this um, platform where your friends can hang out with you when they're at work. So you make their day better because they yeah. can't physically leave their job to go and hang out with you. So now you provide them that through this. It's true. It's and um, that was really cool. So I was like, if we can just like continue to put this forward so that people are just chilling with us, hanging out, having yeah. a good time, you know, it uh -huh. makes their day better, makes their work day go by faster, makes them happier. I hope. It, it does in a, you know, in small ways, in big ways, subtle ways. One of the, my favorite things that kind of sprouted from this is when you, when you grow up with your friends, you eventually move and you lose contact with them. And then when one of them makes a podcast or a show and then you hang, you get to hang out with some of their friends, they're listening from hours away and they're like, dude, you have no idea how good it is to hear you guys mm -hmm. and hear your voices and even mention me and it's just like that that makes me so happy yeah warms my heart that's cool yeah what okay so next question what what's up with your listeners you got a uh you have a fan base from bad etiquette podcast yeah yeah and um we're currently using that to host our map brain episodes yeah we'll, which we'll, means we'll, by we'll, we'll get it figured out so it's well, nice yeah and, when the time's right yeah. but if for the for the meantime your bad etiquette uh -huh. fan base has yeah. to put up with the map brain shenanigans yeah they're like so what's what, their what, come what, on what, i wanted a fucking <laughs> who's Wait, this is this not good enough for you yeah <laughs> are we not good enough i i uh i hope we are i hope that we can shine a little bit of new light into their life here and, listen 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 this is why i have i began the jujitsu podcast um, well, it was your idea, but why I delineated it, separated it, is because I'm sure they don't always want to listen to s about stupid fucking jujitsu. No, some no. of them are not interested, and I respect that. Totally. So <laughs> they don't have to listen. That's why I separated the show. That's why there's a big word words that say Matt Brain, not bad etiquette on the episode. So if they don't want to listen, I don't want them to listen. Sure. That's why it's separated. But uh, when they listen and when they download an episode, makes my day. Feels cool. great. And it's also going to access a whole different kind of fan base. They want to listen to people talk about jujitsu. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So there you go. That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, what, what were you trying to uh, extract from my listeners? What do you mean? Like, oh, nothing. I was just curious. curious to see, you know, if your listeners were tolerating the few episodes of Matt Brain that have been dropping on the bad etiquette line. Yeah, of you know, course. And uh, if they've been kind of opening their eyes up to a new avenue and maybe if any of them have considered trying a jujitsu class, you know, yeah. I think oh, that that um, would be amazing if we can reach any of your bad etiquette listeners and show them that, you know, there's some amazing things mm -hmm. in life called Brazilian jujitsu yeah. and you should get out there and try a class. It, uh, it would warm my heart. I had uh, a friend of mine talk about wanting to train jujitsu which i happens fairly often but none of them really follow through so i'm you know take it with a grain of salt but i always engage them as if they're 100 percent serious sure and I, uh it's someone a friend of mine he lives i believe in santa maria or napomo somewhere north and you know i said hey you know like if you want to train jujitsu like i know you work over there like paragon's closer you got Gracie uh, in Napomo there, like, yeah, you know, um, I'm in Solvang, not Lompoc. Like, I don't know if you want to. 
And I was like, if you want to train with me, by all means, you know, if you're cool making that commute out here, come here. And he's like, yeah, I want to train with you. Like, I don't want to be beside you. And I was like, fuck yes. Yep. Like, that's exactly why I'm saying that. That's right. Because if you want to be here with me and where I can help you and, you know, it, it helps so much when you know someone. Yeah. When you have an in like that. When you go into a room full of strangers, you're like, fuck. You know, it's terrifying. Your anxiety is at an all-time high. You're trying something new. You're like, oh, am I going to do do this wrong? Am I going to look stupid? Am I going to say the wrong thing? Am I going to interrupt? Am I going to fucking yeah. uh, get my arm broken like an asshole? Jim yeah. intimidation. Jim intimidation. Jim intimidation. It's a real thing. Yeah. You, like, even at, like, a standard Gold's Gym. You know, like, yeah, there's this, yeah, there's this place called the gym in Vista. Uh I'm sorry to cut you off. No, there's this place. uh, And uh, when I first moved down there with Kylie, she wanted to join a gym. And I was like, yeah, let's go check this place out. And this place was cool because they had their like outdoor section where people could wear their masks or whatever. Because this was uh, this was last. This this was in 2020. Yeah, this is in the pandemic. This is like September, October back then. Um, And. Then there you go inside and it's like metal music playing and there's just these giant fucking fat head mother meat heads just just so much steroids in this gym. <laughs> I was like, this is where I wanted to fucking be. And then there's just these like big giant assed women like Instagram fit models with like huge biceps just like it's just this like air of intimidation we didn't go back and i was you know a little sad but i was also like i was like i'm gonna go upstairs and hide on one of the treadmills i don't fucking do cardio that cardio you know if you if i want to do cardio i'd lift weights faster right or i'd come to jujitsu okay so it was just one of the most wild places and i love it and i i knew that if i just bumped into the right person i was gonna knock some needles out of his shorts or something <laughs> yeah. and i was like oh my god yeah excuse me sir you drop these <laughs> excuse <laughs> me sir do you, do you have extra um that's a real thing though dude i think that people think that you have to be fit to go get fit nope. and how how crappy is that nope that i i've it, been doing jujitsu for a while now still not fit so I, yeah i <laughs> You are fit, man. You are fit. Don't don't tell the listeners that. I think it's a bummer, you know, when people have that mindset of like, I just want to lose a little bit more weight before I start. I just want to lose a little bit more weight before I start. They don't do or it. Or I just want to. I just want to. I want to get in a little bit better shape before I start. You know. And what's the best way to get in shape for something you want to do? Walk through the fucking door. Doing that thing, right? Yeah. That's the walk best through way. the door. Yeah. And if do you, it. If you want to get in shape for that sport, you have to do that sport. Right. Nobody is judging you. Like, let's make that clear. And if they are, they shouldn't be there. And just avoid them. Just don't go near that person. They're, they're, it means nothing to you in your day. The, right? the, the, amount, the amount of people that are having those judgmental thoughts are so few and far so between. So few and far between. And we, they've been weeded out long ago because yeah. those people are not people of uh, strong character. And they're not going not gonna to stick around, or at least that attitude and way of thinking in themselves isn't going to stick around either it won't and it they won't. transforms people and their character grows right people yeah. have people have hearts and people want the success the success story and so like i think there's no bigger bigger um, reward than just seeing somebody reach their goals even if you don't know that person when i trained at gold's gym consistently working out i would see a lot of people start 
and then not come back. You know, I was there long enough to understand like the consistency in people and yep. members that would train there. And every day it was the same day I'd be there working out, you know, and going through my routine. And you get the people that would start, you know, and then you'd never see them again after a certain amount of time. But then you'd see the ones that started and were very reluctant to walk through the door because they weren't fit, they weren't yeah. in shape, you know, maybe they were overweight and they had no idea how to work out. They didn't know what the machines would do or they're just like clueless. Yeah. And you you go in and you, you diffuse that energy energy by like walking past them saying, Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Simple. Hey, how's it going with a smile on your face? And they're like, good. Yeah. You know, and then they go to the machine and then as time goes on, you start to see these things Planted and you know, like I want that success story. I want to see it, you know, but mm -hmm. just because I'm fit, just because I have, I've been working very hard for a long time for, for my physique, yeah. you know, it doesn't mean that I'm some conceited prick that judges you because you're not in shape. And yeah. I think that's what too many people think, whether that's at yeah. gyms for weights or whether it's at jujitsu schools or martial arts schools. You're like, oh, I don't wanna go to a kickboxing <laughs> school because I don't know shit and everybody's yeah. gonna kick my butt or they're gonna judge me. Mm -hmm. I don't wanna go to jujitsu. I don't know anything and everybody there is gonna be like, jujitsu, they're crazy. They're gonna yeah. choke me to death or all these, I don't know. But just get off your butt mm -hmm. and get to a school. Get to a gym, do what and you then, want to do. And another unspoken thing about that is uh, when people who have been training see you doing better, it's like you're breathing down their neck. And they're like, oh, shit, and it makes them better. And they go, oh, fuck, I got to get better. I'm getting, I'm getting fucking cotton shit I shouldn't be caught in by yeah. white belts here or vice versa, you know, or someone that, oh, damn, like they're, they've lost 30 pounds since they got here. I'm still just dicking around here on the free weights. What am I doing? So it's, it's it, you make yourself better. You make other people better. They see it. It's this cyclical, wonderful uh, ecosystem of inspiration. And that's why I, I like gyms and gym culture and, and fitness and fucking martial arts. And like, isn't it's great. Mm -hmm. I was just pulling up GB Ashburn. They did a post today. Yeah. Um, and, uh, if you look up GB Ashburn, they did a post. It, by the time you hear the podcast, it's going to be a couple of days later. But the gentleman's name is, uh, they call him Big Dean. And he's one of Gracie Baja's Blue Belt Ambassadors of the Red Shield. Mm -hmm. Trains out of GB um, Ashburn in Virginia. And I'm going to read the post. It says, Dean came to Gracie Baja at 390 pounds. As you can see on the right, last week after being consistent determined and dedicated to his health and jujitsu we're happy to announce that big dean is now 298 pounds he's lost over 100 pounds at gb gracie ba or at gracie baja ashburn brazilian jiu-jitsu they are motivated um and uh to keep people engaged in the brazilian jiu-jitsu lifestyle and they have the right path and the right motivators to do that you know so when an individual um that sets his mind to accomplish something and puts the gym intimidation behind himself. I mean, let's be real. Jiu-jitsu is a tough thing to do when you have when you're when you're overweight. You know, just the 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 fear factor of walking through the door in general when you're overweight coming to jiu-jitsu is scary. Yeah. And then like the movements and the mechanics when you're working with another individual, it's tough. And so hats off to this guy, Big Dean, man. That's amazing to lose a hundred pounds through the jiu-jitsu lifestyle and just being consistent and disciplined within jiu-jitsu. It's possible, you guys. You just have to yeah. start, man. You'll miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So take a damn shot. Not 
the one that's going around the media right now. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. you don't have to get that. Whoa! <laughs> Unless you want to. That's up to you. That's your choice. That's totally cool. Respect you regardless of your perspective. Yeah. I. Uh, do you want to know my perspective? I don't think we should talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> okay. I think we should leave that. It's <laughs> it's very diplomatic. That's all I'll say. Okay. That's I'm I'm for I'm for the people and I'm for America. Yeah, and me so, too. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. I uh, I think that you know we have rights as as people, yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. that you know you can't mandate rights. You um, can't. What I was gonna say is very diplomatic. Uh, I think that to want something that will make you safer is typically an intelligent like i understand people are like oh i want something that's going to protect me make me safe from something respectable perspective just as i don't know if this is safe for me i don't think i'm going to take that risk my calculate i'd rather take a personal risk in this direction rather that direction yeah and i think that that is perfectly okay Totally. So. I'm not a scientist. I'm not. I'm not. You're not. A I'm scientist? not a college graduate. I, I don't have any degree or any 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 credentials to speak on this matter. But Oof. I will say that um, you ever heard of super staff? MRSA. Yeah. Yeah. But no, like super staff. Like uh, super. I've heard staff. of MRSA. Like close oh. your gym, and like contam. Like your gym is closed. No more. You're not open anymore. You're closed. Super staff, uh, like the basement at Henzo's. <laughs> um, so that's created because of uh, essentially antibacterial soap. Like people tell you, don't use antibacterial soap. Yeah. Because what you're doing is you're you're not destroying fully the good bacteria. Killing, you're destroying the good bacteria, but you're not fully killing the bad bacteria. And so you're you're it's it's mutating. It's continually mutating. And as it continually mutates, it gets hard. It gets stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And so I think that from what I've seen with the vaccinations is that now that people have been vaccinated, they're still catching COVID. Yeah. It's a it's a sign that the vaccination is not killing COVID. And so it's making, it it's making it mutate. And so everyone's running around blaming the anti-vaxxers for spreading this. But now what's happening is the vaccinated is actually mutating this virus to be something more. So it, it hasn't been yet, thank God, it hasn't mutated to be something worse than it originally was. Yeah, but yeah. you know, if we keep on this path, how many people are, are vaccinated right now? So the, the, the virus isn't dead. It's just growing stronger now because we've put in and of uh, a vaccination that yeah. is like washing your hands with antibacterial soap. And so that's my concern is that where does it mutate next or any mm -hmm. of that stuff? And so I think that's I, where the booster shot uh, talk is coming from too. That's just one more layer of antibacterial soap. Yeah. Let's I, just I think you're onto something. More, man. I, I'm not a scientist or a college graduate or a, um, even a legal citizen, but you know, I, uh, if you can't kill it, it's not going away. It's just going to get stronger. Yeah. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That goes. Or it kills you. Or it does. Something kills you, or it makes you stronger. You're right. You're. That's exa I just. I just uh, uninvented and reinvented the wheel after you said that. You so, ever hear a saying and you're like, mm, and then you try to say it backwards. <laughs> you say it back you're like, oh, I said it the exact same way you said it, just dumber. <laughs> That's yeah. 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 I just did that. So, <laughs> but to be honest, my, I respect, I respect people, man. I love people and I love humanity and I love, I love 
our community. And so yeah. I respect, yeah. as long as you show me respect and my friends respect and you respect, you know, life, mm-hmm. you're a good person, yeah. I respect you. I can find something in common with anyone. Yeah. You know, just like you can find uh, differences between people. So aren't always bad things. Mm-hmm. Got another question for me? Because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on the... I'm, I'm dry on questions. What do you got? Dude. Pull something out. Pull something out. You know what? I remember when I first started this podcast with you ages ago i had a, i had questions i had like written down questions for you uh-huh. and i looked back at them and they were so bad it was like what's your favorite submission you know my just, favorite color is blue yeah yeah just shit like that you know what was the hardest belt for you purple 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 was the hardest belt for me i've heard that uh from countless people yeah i think it was just it was it was but it wasn't because of anything that um it, it was my own doing I, I didn't I didn't stick it out with one school long enough and I didn't I didn't invest mutually with the instructor as he invested in me yeah. you know and, and that investment continued to change from instructor to instructor mm-hmm. but it was never fully like there and so you know when that happens you stick around at that belt for a long time and so because of that I think that it was probably the most difficult thing for me to get to purple belt but when I finally found a home with uh, with Rodrigo Clark, Rodrigo Clark in Santa Barbara, uh, he recognized that. And you know, after a few months and after going to world championships and taking silver medal there for his school, um, he quickly approached me and was like, "Hey man, let's get you, let's get you your purple, let's get you testing for your purple belt." Yeah. And I was like, "What? So your test, belt testing? Do you want me to test for my purple belt? <laughs> what What do you mean test? Like?" Yeah, I, I'm, this is new to me, um, and so I mean, needless to say, I actually had to go through a test. He was like, "Okay, here's a piece of paper with a bunch of submissions on it, a bunch of techniques on it, and I want you to study it. And then I'm going to take the paper away from you, and I'm going to have the paper, and I'm going to ask you to do these techniques with a partner and yeah. watch you do them. And in my mind, I'm sitting there, kind of thinking like, "Well, you've been watching me train for almost the past year." So haven't you seen me do all this stuff before yet? Like, what's the point of the belt test? It's not TKD. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I tested and I got my purple belt, and that was cool. And so, um, short story long, purple belt was the hardest for me to get to. To obtain. To obtain. So the blue, your blue belt was the most difficult, like in, like within. Yeah, the blue belt was tough too because I spent a long time at Paragon as a white belt getting smashed on. The reason I wanted to clarify is because when I said, oh, I heard that from countless people, I meant blue belt, not purple belt. Okay. I heard blue belt is the hardest belt. Blue belt blues or whatever. Blue belt blues. I think yeah. that it's it's kind of, it's it's different for everybody. There's so many different walks of, course, of, of life course. in jujitsu yeah, now and universal. stuff. And so um, blue belt for some people is hard and it's just about commitment. It depends on where you're at in your life and what school you've signed up with. You know, some schools can get you there faster because they have the the right team to get you there and you have the right mindset and you know, other schools want to push you to the grind and you're not a grinder, mm-hmm. you know? Some people learn visually, some people learn physically. Uh, some people like the smash, some people don't enjoy it. Mm. So I think that the baseline standard for blue belts um, has even changed a little bit. 
like you can't categorize you obviously you're a blue belt and this guy's a blue belt but there's going to be a lot of differences between the two and how you guys got there that's something i i learned was there no two ranks are the same yeah. no two white belts no two blue belts it's such a variety between people mm-hmm. and people what what they achieve in their rank is individual to them yep we just happen to have a color-based system on it yeah you can visually identify where they might be generally Mm -hmm. but yeah absolutely yeah so that's that was it hardest belt to get to yeah and the journey still continues i'm still working towards my black belt how do you feel about calling black belts professor uh i i like that i can say professor instead of coach or i don't have to delineate delineate is that the right word anyways i don't mind it okay that's fine yeah i never minded it either until i hear until i i mean you ever heard those clips on like the people that do funny things on instagram i think there's jamie kennedy yeah um you know he does a lot of stand-up and a lot of instagram Mm -hmm. videos and stuff like that and some of the things he says is you know people talk shit about some of the things that go on in the jujitsu world like yeah. calling people professor yeah. and he made a joke about it one time he's like i have to call this guy a fucking professor he's not no college degree graduate he fucking trains on the mat and teaches you how to choke people and grind your face into the fucking floor it's like and i apologize for all the f-bombs guys but um you know and so that kind of make and when you hear that you're kind of like you can't not help but be like yeah yeah <laughs> you know why am i calling him professor but then like the reality is i tell i've told people before because they've asked me the yeah. question do I call you professor and why do I call you professor? Uh-huh. And I'm like, I've, I've gone, I've gone to school longer than a doctor Yeah. for this. Yep. Like I've put in more physical effort into this craft and this art than a doctor has for school. Um, so the title calling me professor, when you get to a black or calling an individual mm-hmm. professor, when they get to their black belt, I see the meaning behind that. I see the value behind that. You know, I just didn't know how it was perceived from person to person. And some people are like, yeah, I had to find a reason to understand it. At first, I was like, okay, black belts, professors, I get it. It's a whole nother rank. It's a whole nother echelon. Mm-hmm. And then um, I had, I went to this great school in Oceanside. And Professor Doug, to me, personified a professor because he had a lecture before and after class. And he, he essentially sat there and cooled us down. Uh, with his words and it took me so long to kind of realize like oh these words are sinking in this is going great this is like really hitting me he's sitting there he's really truly trying to act and he's doing it like every day and I'm like jeez you know yeah. like how do you have that much to say every day that's awesome you know and to me that was okay this is what a professor is when you go to college you see a professor, they have a lecture, and you listen to it, and sometimes you'll connect with it, and sometimes you won't at all, and you're like, just get me the fuck out of here. Right. And But to witness someone uh, do that wholeheartedly and actually have that um, exp- expression, and th- that's where I understood, okay, this is why he's a professor. Got it. Just to be, like, literal. Yeah. For the term of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. I, uh, I'm on board with calling a black belt professor. I think it's, yeah. I think it, you know, um, appropriate. Stop. 
but I think that some black belts are black belts and some black belts are professors. What's something you hate about jujitsu? Getting caught in triangles. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, uh, what's a public service announcement you need to make about jujitsu right now? Ooh, that's a good, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Locked him in. On oh, that let one. me think about that one for a second. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll come back to that. I'll circle back to that one. Yeah. Um, something I hate about jujitsu. I don't really know that I hate anything about jujitsu. Um, what's something you could do without? I could do that. That awkward silence, Jeez. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dude. That's a, that's a, that's a hard one. I think I think that. There's there's lessons in all of jujitsu. I've never really experienced anything in jujitsu that I'm not fond of. I think I've experienced people in jujitsu that I'm not fond of. Yeah. And I think that we could easily always do with less, you know, douche knuckleheads bags, and yeah. douchebags. But that's going to be the reality. And and so to that side, you're gonna you're gonna you, you're gonna walk through life and you're gonna come face to face with douchebags and knuckleheads. Right. And so why not deal with them here on these mats where you learn how to deal with them in a safe, controlled environment so that when you're out there, you can walk away from them at the bar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so more like, confidence if it were to right. get p- pushed past the so, point and overturn. Yeah. So I don't hate the douchebags for in jujitsu because they teach you a valuable lesson. Sounds I don't like, like it. You're not answering my it. question then, Jason. I don't know. I don't. I don't. <laughs> um, it's okay, fine. here's something I hate in jujitsu. Okay, I hate I hate people that are that are scumbags in jujitsu. I hate people that um, sexually assault women in jujitsu. Mm-hmm. I hate people mm-hmm. that sexually assault children in jujitsu. That's what I fucking hate. Definitely do without those. How about things? that? Yeah, Amen. that was a big topic um, in the past few weeks yeah. in jujitsu in the jujitsu world, and yeah, that's for sure. That's one thing I can't stand, and I, I hate that. Yeah, Cyborg and Wagner's school in Florida, something. It's crazy, man. That's crazy. It's crazy. And so that just means, that just says that like, you know, it exists. It, I, it truly and exists I feel like everywhere. every year something comes out where it's like this person was in a situation with someone they trusted and then they were taken advantage of and it, yeah. would, it ugh, it's a hard one. Yeah. And when I said everywhere, I meant like in every city. Yeah. In every city in the world, there's mm-hmm. that's happening. And, you know, you can't screen that from your school. You can do the best you can to screen it from your school. But therefore, that's why you put good quality instructors and coaches and Mm -hmm. staff behind Mm -hmm. the school. And you vet these instructors and coaches and you go through background screenings and background checks with Mm -hmm. these people. You know, I think that Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu having originated from Brazil and having that lineage continue while bringing people from Brazil over. And I'm not saying just Brazilians. I'm saying like you bring somebody from Russia over. It doesn't mean Mm -hmm. they're a good person. You know, you have to vet these people, whether they're from a different country or our country and if you're not doing a good job vetting these people and doing background screenings on them and making sure that they have the clearance to work with women and children then shame on you and i hate that and i think that more people need to step the fuck up and do background checks and invest in their coaches and be aware and you know don't make those partnerships don't make those things happen why would you ever send a 16 year old girl with an instructor to a tournament overnight by themselves how is that even a possibility i don't even let coaches do privates individually like there has to be two people in this building Mm -hmm. for a private to happen if it's with a female yeah um for everybody's sake but like there's things that you do to 
to to be put barriers in place to prevent that stuff. And yeah. I think one of the things that gets missed is that in a jujitsu school, unfortunately, you know, um, f- whether it's men or women, you know, you can use both 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 sexes here. Um, they're coming in for empowerment. They want to feel empowered, Not and they're violated. going to find. Yeah. Um, they're going to find, what's the word I'm looking for? A connection with somebody who's good. Like the, the influence is coming from the instructor. So they're going to look to the instructor a little bit more so than the average student, right? And so that's, it's easy for instructors to manipulate that against that person. Betray that trust. And betray yeah. that trust. And that's fucking shitty. And it happens in the world and not just jujitsu, but in other things like gymnastics, it happened in gymnastics yeah. with the girls from the Olympics, yeah. you know, and it's just a shitty thing that happens. And I think that, um, we could do without that in the world. Completely. So yeah, not just jujitsu. Yeah. There's, there's one thing I hate to answer your question. I was going to say like spats or, you know, long sleeve rash guards, but you, uh, you, you got a better one than I did. <laughs> yeah. I used to love spats and now I hate them. I do hate spats because they make me break out. Yeah. Like my legs break out when I yeah. wear spats. Yeah, same. So. Yeah, and also I just feel so constricted. Yeah. I know, like, like with everything, just like the spats and the long sleeve and ugh, jeez. Yep. What's one thing you hate about jujitsu? One thing I hate about jujitsu. Hmm. <sighs> A lot of bad tattoos. A lot of bad jujitsu tattoos out there. There are. I used to want a jujitsu tattoo, and then I was did like, "Did you want the brand? Did you want the the brand of your school? No. That you started with? No. No brands. <laughs> I like the G. The G looks cool on people, but also no. I don't <laughs> do that. Yeah. Like when I see someone, I go, "All oh, right, on. You know, like you came a long way. You got that tattoo on you. Your journeys, you know." means more to you than mine does right now so you got the shield tattooed on you um not 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 even like just school names is one thing you know but there's just some cringy ones yeah where it's like that would have made a better sticker or a better t-shirt why'd you get that fucking tattoo but there's also some really cool ones like all the joe rogan tattoos Oh, those Everybody are great. Those Joe are Rogan. awesome. I love those because cool. I didn't get them. Yeah. <laughs> I love watching them. That they you, love them that much. Do you have any tattoos that uh, are embarrassing for you to show off? Like that you maybe uh, keep clothing on when you're out of the pool or something from? Yeah, no. No. Right on. Uh, you know, I wish the ACDC one was a little, uh, but you know, this is the 10 year old tattoo now. Yeah. I'm only 26. So it's Six, yeah. fucking, it, it, it's seen some better days. And also it's like, Oh, I could have just bought a new ACDC shirt. I didn't have to get a fucking tattoo right. on me. So, right. um, yeah, I, I have mixed feelings about that one, but uh-huh. it's also pretty fucking cool sometimes too. Yeah. Cause it's like, do I want to go get it touched up and then just like make everyone think like, yeah, I just fucking got this. Cause I'm still amped ACDC about highway yeah. to hell. You know what I mean? So it's, it's funny. What about you? You got ones you're yeah. uh, keeping keeping covered. Yeah, to be honest with you, I think that uh, I wish I wish I had no tattoos. I wish I had no tattoos yeah. too. Yeah, I think that I, I I wish I would have done a better job listening to all the old people in my life at the time that told me don't ever get a tattoo. I, no, I'm gonna get a tattoo as soon as I can. <laughs> you watch. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna get one that you won't like. <laughs> you know, it's craziness. But yeah, I I do have some tattoos. I don't I don't 
personally like. Um, they had no meaning behind them, and I have two on my back that I one day hope to get removed. Yeah. The only reason they're still on my back is because I don't have to see them. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. You know, but it's still pretty embarrassing when I, I go to a pool. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, that's and sucks. I think back tattoos are for women, so that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, especially when it's your last name. <laughs> On your on your lower oh, back on your wrong? lower back. Oh, well, it's on your lower back. You have, you have that? Yeah, it looks cool. The old English. Yeah, is that what it is? It looks cool. Lower back. I don't like you it. Know, eh, I don't like know. it. Bob Bernquist, uh, Brazilian professional skateboarder, has uh, a tramp stamp too. See, it's I, pretty it, cool. It's a ball. The, it's an eagle. It's the anti-hero skateboards logo. Looks pretty cool. Yeah. Some dudes can get away with tramp stamps. I don't know why. Not me. Not <laughs> me. I don't like it. I don't like it. And then I have I have this like jester on my right shoulder. It's always um, a jester. I, always a jester. And he's like this evil looking thing. And I, looks pretty I was yeah. so young and I was like, it was like a pick it and stick it yeah. tattoo, you know, yeah. and it was, it was horrible and i don't think the person that did it knew what he was doing and just yeah, mistakes no, no, mistakes exactly. you can't go back from Th- this one um, on my leg here i would never get a leg tattoo again and i don't think i i, I wish that it would have been done more professionally yeah it looks kind of bad <laughs> but there's stories about life i guess if you look yeah, at them in that true. context right yeah like that one on my ankle is it i think it says master I don't know what it Japanese is. I've been trying Chinese to figure or... out what that tattoo on your ankle is the entire time I've known you. Okay, so I'll give you the story on this tattoo. Uh, an old friend of mine First growing of all, up. Guys, it looks like the uh, an uppercase I, just like a, a block letter I, but then there's like an apostrophe above it. And then I, I don't know what it is. There's like some numbers below it. It's a little faded. I'm roasting Jason. He's getting yeah, so no, pissed. He's, he's ready to roast he's away. Like, he's like, I'm so glad I fucking strangled this fat head. <laughs> so the uh my my buddy Daryl and I were um we were young and we were joking around we were skateboarding we were being delinquents and one day we'll talk about you know uh my past growing up but we decided to make a tattoo gun. Oh yeah. And I was yeah. like, yeah, let's do that. So we I've made a ta- we made a tattoo gun. Um, how how did you make it? I made mine out of an electric toothbrush and a guitar string. What did you make yeah, yours so we, out of? We made ours out of a guitar string, yeah. and we used a ballpoint pen, okay. and we used a CD motor. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. CD so, motor. And a CD yeah. motor, and then we took a gotcha. uh, uh, an eraser from a pencil, and we put that onto Through, the little yeah. onto the thing, and mm-hmm. we you know put the needle in there, and away you go. Yeah, CD, you know? CDs were out by the time C- I was okay. making. Okay. <laughs> That's why yeah. I had the electric toothbrush. Yeah, there's ten years. There's ten years between us. <laughs> So we uh, we we go to a, a a Japanese symbol book, like one of those uh, like coloring books or whatever. I don't even know. It's just yeah. a random book. Yeah. And uh, he starts going through it, and we're only looking for symbols that are cool. Like of he's course. and he was the first one to pick one out, and he had no idea what it meant. He just picked it, and he was like, "This is the one I want." And I was like, "All right, cool." But in the book, in the back of the book, all the there was the meanings behind everything, right? Oh, shit. Oh, shit. And so uh, I don't say anything because I knew what it said, and he was so set on it, and I was like, "Yeah." do it. So as soon as he started doing it, I was like, heck yeah. So then I, <laughs> I started going to the book and I find the, the other word that went perfect with his. And I was like, well, I'm going to do this one. And so he finished it. And, uh, and then I was like, okay, cool. Now it's my turn. So then, you know, I think we even shared the same needle and tattoo gun. And, uh, I started tattooing the symbol on myself and then I finished it and we were like, this is so cool, man. We're like tattoo blood brothers. Uh, what does it mean? And he, I brought the meaning up for him, and his, 
is meant slave. <laughs> so this symbol, I think it stands for master. <laughs> now you gotta, you gotta consider. <laughs> this is a book from like, I don't even remember what year it was, but I don't even know if the book is real. Like, it could be, it could stand for something else. But the point behind it was that my friend growing up tattooed slave on his ankle, so I tattooed master on mine. And as soon as I told him the meetings, he was like, I love it. I'm never going to remove it ever. And so I just always kept it. Like, I guess there's that's the one tattoo that is ugly as it is. It's, yours is pretty close. It's That's what okay, that is. Okay, so yeah, yours just, is pretty I'm, close missing, to I'm missing the little, yeah. the it's little not, it's middle not, line. Not, yeah, it's not not there for sure. Ugh. So that's the, that's the story behind that's that tattoo. <laughs> and I did it myself, dude. I was sitting here like, white mm, is crazy times in my life. Yeah. Times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, I dart back and forth between ever wanting a tattoo ever again. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm either never going to get another one or I'm going to really just kind of have like a nice piece but you know what? But then I think about my friend Daniel Bax. Uh, he's becoming a tattoo artist, and he does really cool tattoos. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'd get something he he's made in a heartbeat. Love that. Yeah. So, what do you think about the people that are like tattoo apprentices, and they walk into a tat or they they started a shop, and then they just become like the 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 board. You know the tattoo board so all the tattoo artists are just like oh i'm gonna tattoo uh let me tattoo you let me try a new tattoo on you let me, and they just go and get tatted up and the next thing you know you see all these horrible tattoos all over their body oh yeah i'm just like oh you took that route um i think that you got to be about that life and then if you are i don't care like cool. that's cool like yeah you you did that that's rad that's a whole nother uh a whole nother like wheelhouse as far as i'm concerned if you're someone who just gets like bad tattoos because you're around bad people and don't have quality first of all funds to get a quality tattoo or don't go to quality places and you're just covered in these pieces of shit good riddance but if you have some good ones and some bad ones and you're kind of like the you know practice board because you're you're the apprentice and you're open to those like fuck yeah go for it do it yeah some people have really really cool tattoos and i'm like I would have never even thought of getting that. Sure. I, I, uh, yeah. So. Here's what I think about it. I think that brave men and women fought hard for our country and laid their lives down so that people can have the fucking freedoms to go and get their bodies covered in tattoos by tattoo artists that wanted to practice tattooing. And so that individuals like ourselves could have the freedom to podcast and say whatever (laughs) the fuck we want without ramifications and continue to live in a great country. So thank you to all the servicemen and women who continued and continually put their lives out at risk to keep our freedoms here. And for all of those people, yeah, intact. And for all the people that walk around today and say, what freedoms do we have? What freedoms do we have? The fact that you can say, what freedoms do we have is a freedom in itself. And I think that people need to open their eyes to that. And so, Thank you to all you guys that continually do that. We respect you. We love you. We are a free country, and I love America. 
Amen. Amen. Fucking A. Dallas, on that note, we should go because I got kids coming in anyway. All right, let's get out of here. God bless America what and should, our troops. Thank fuck you so yeah, much. Fuck yeah, God bless America. What should we do for the next one? Um, Gosh, well, we're going to have to figure that out. Yeah. Shoot me some ideas and don't shoot me uh, with a gun. I'll, we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.